0: Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast.
1: Well, hey, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. It's Rich Birch, uh, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Thursday. Uh, Today on the line, we've got Carlos Lolette. It's a great interview. Carlos is talking about one of the kind of dark sides, the things we don't talk about with multi-site expansion, which is how do you develop leaders within your arts ministry? Worship leaders, creative folks, critically important. Um, It's not the kind of thing, there isn't just a button you can press on a computer somewhere that says make new worship leader. And so today's interview is packed with a lot of great insights and shows Carlos kind of in progress and some of the stuff they're working for. So let's turn in, tune in. And don't forget to join me at the end because I've got something I want to share with you.
0: This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary.
1: Today, uh, I'm so happy to have Carlos Lillette on uh, the line. It's going to be a great interview today. I'm excited to, uh, to talk to Carlos, get a chance to get to meet him and get to know him a little better. So welcome to the show, Carlos.
2: Man, thank you so much uh, for having me here, uh, at Rich.
1: No, I'm so, so glad. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Christ Fellowship in Miami. I was just saying before we got on, it's like a gray day here in New Jersey today, and Carlos is like, it's perfect, it's amazing weather here in Miami. So we're living our, our weather stereotypes, but beyond the weather, tell me about uh, Christ Fellowship and your role there.
2: Well, um, Christ Fellowship is uh, a diverse, uh, you know, multicultural church here in Miami. Uh, we have seven campuses across the city, And, you know, our mission is uh, to make, obviously, disciples in Miami, to make fully devoted followers of Christ. And so, uh, you know, the church is actually uh, 95-plus years old. Wow. Um, But, uh, you know, a little bit less than, you know, 17 years ago, our senior pastor came uh, on staff here, and he began to lead the way, really, into changing the culture at our church. And we went from being a First Perine Baptist church to Christ Fellowship. So I've been here on staff. Uh, seven years, I have been, uh, I started out launching a campus, our West Kendall campus here, and then from there, became one of the campus pastors, and I've kind of have just different roles here at Christ Fellowship, and now I get to lead, you know, the experience, and so just a worship pastor, you could say.
1: Okay, so yeah, that's fantastic. You know, one of the things, well, first of all, I know you know this, but you're in, in rare, thin air as a multi-site church. 85% of all multi-sites uh, don't get beyond three low campuses, three locations, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're at seven and thinking about more down the future, you know, this is going to be a great interview today mm-hmm. uh, for people who are thinking about multi-site. And I think a really critical area, um, which is the whole area of artist development, um, you know, it's mm-hmm. it just seems to be, you know, super hard uh, to develop new leaders every time you you lead every time right. you launch a new campus tell me a bit about that what are you guys doing in your context to to help develop new worship leaders for your right
2: campuses? well I mean I agree with you it's one of the most difficult areas and for sure we've had you know we two years ago especially we kind of sat down as a leadership team and we said man where are it's terrible when you have an opportunity to launch a campus and you don't have the leaders right it's almost like man, this sure. is like unacceptable you know how can we how can we placed in this position and so we really began to think about, you know, especially as it relates to worship leaders, you know, we began demanding a lot out of our worship leaders. It's like, you know, you got to be an amazing musician and performer and pastor and, you know, and poet and leader and hopefully you have some background in the business industry, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, our our, our worship leaders um, I have a lot of respect uh, for because we run pretty much entirely on a volunteer Uh, Basis, and so they really do have to be leaders. And so one of the things that we have found to be effective, and that I found to be effective, obviously, is being extremely intentional, uh, just on spending time coaching and developing them, uh, not just um, managing them. You know, they really, if when you think about all of the different skills that are needed uh, to have uh, a worship pastor at a campus, man, it takes a lot of development. You know, it's musical development, it's spiritual development. And it's leadership development, and so uh, that's you know one of the things that it sounds so simple, but as leaders sometimes you know we just get caught up in the next thing and we forget that we have to be so intentional about spending time with them. Another thing that's worked really well for us is establishing an intern program, mm. and right now we are trying to leverage that to the max more than ever before. Um, <laughs> we uh, really we. Um, we had an intern program for a while. In fact, a couple of our worship pastors have come from uh, that intern program, okay. and a couple. In fact, some of our campus pastors have come from that internship program. And at first, it was you know a little bit organic, right? Right. And so maybe
1: there wasn't it's so organic much. organic, just is a word for sloppy. I think that's I, a word for sloppy. I think I think it can be. It can be for sure. Not saying in your case. It's a, yeah. For it was.
2: It was. It was a little bit sloppy, but now. Uh, as the years have progressed and, and as we've le- you know learned some lessons, we just we've begun to add some structure, and you know we have a leadership pipeline. But the interim program, you know, I was thinking about this last night before our conversation. I'm like, you know what? if there's something that has had the greatest impact in being able to develop um, worship leaders, it's it has to be the interim program. And mm. you know right now we started leveraging relationships with universities okay. uh, like we never have before. In fact, just this past Monday, I came back from, a school, they had a job fair, and man, we we tried to, you know, we sent our student pastor there, I was there, another one of, you know, our worship leaders was there, and man, we began to realize, man, th- there's untapped uh, potential in some of these schools, and, you know, there's these young kids who are learning a lot of theology uh, and, you know, practices and music, they just haven't had the ministry experience, right. and this is one of those opportunities that can really help them.
1: Now, so tell me about the internship program. Is it how long is it? Um, you know, do you pay your interns? What mm-hmm. is it kind of a typical intern experience look like?
2: Okay, um, you know this has changed so much, uh, <laughs> Rich. And so I'll tell you, we have different versions of the intern <laughs> program. And so right now with uh, universities, a lot of universities do ask for interns to be paid. And, uh, man, I, and we were definitely we want to make sure that we take care of them. And so uh, what we've done is pro- we provide housing for them. Mm-hmm. And we also pay them uh, a kind of a small salary so that they could you know survive especially you know, Miami is very different from a lot of the country and, uh, and so when somebody comes in from Oklahoma to, you know, to Miami not only are they you know, the culture shock and I mean, how <laughs> am I going to survive here I can't even speak to the and I'm like I'm trying to go to Walmart and order something I don't even know how to say it you know and so, um, right. and so we, uh, we, we do that and what we try I'll tell you what we tried last year we had a 10-week internship program and essentially, we structured it to where we, um, I had sort of an overall mentor um, who tried to invest in the three interns that we had at the time, manage them, and also empower them to be at one campus with another worship leader. And so, in those campuses, obviously, it's essential that they get leadership opportunity. You know, if you don't create, you know, a, a space for them to lead, I mean, forget it. I mean, you might as well not have an internship program. You just waste your entire uh, right. resource in there. Yeah,
1: right.
2: And so, and then you know, we went through some curriculum and different. Th- we just outlined. I mean, I can shoot you some details um, afterwards, perfect. Rich. Yeah, but, that'd be great. Um, but we, you know, we essentially tried to cover some material and what we believe. Like, you know, how do you lead a rehearsal? You know, how do you lead volunteers? How do you recruit a volunteer? Um, it, it just, um, it, especially, in how do you uh, lead the congregation on a Sunday morning? You know. And, do you depend on the Christianese language of, you know, man, the lamb that was slain and nobody understands what you saying? But right. there's all these, you know, the worship leader lingo uh, that, you know, we can get so used to. And so uh, we try to coach him through that. It's, it's a lot of coaching, uh, Rich. It's evaluation is so critical. And we, you know, we, we're not the best at it yet, uh, but we want to get there. We want to get to a place where we're systematic about really coaching these kids that go through the program because everybody's different. And mm-hmm. so, uh, but yeah, that's a little bit of what it looked like.
1: Cool. Now, uh, you know, I don't, I don't claim to be an artist, but I do, I do oversee some artists in my, mm-hmm. you know, particular area. What would you say, um, you know, to the senior leaders, the executive pastors, those types of people who are listening today? Um, how is it, you know, how can they lead artists better? What can they, you know, what can, how can they do that?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I would say, um, I would encourage them to. Uh, Two things, and number one, you have to give them structure. You mm-hmm. you do have to provide a canvas for them to create something on. But at the same time, uh, don't handcuff them and let your artist be an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your artist is. This is man, I'm telling you, this is a mistake I made. Even though I'm an artist and a musician, I have a little bit of a bent toward uh, you know just leadership and 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 organizational structure and different things. And here's what here's what would happen. I would expect you know all of the artists to, to be the same way, and they're not. Right, right, I mean, you right. need to if you want to have a culture where artists are thriving, let them write songs. You know, this is something that we haven't done well that, that we're trying to change. Is let them write songs. Let them do things that are are creative and that maximize that that potential and that creativity. Let them try things. You know, if if you don't try, I mean, if, if you don't try anything, um, you know, your artists are going to go somewhere where they can try it. Right. You know, where they can flourish. And right. so. Um, so I think, and you know, resourcing and equipping, it's really some of the basics of, of just leading somebody, but especially that, that component of, of letting an artist be an artist. And st- I see it almost really as stewardship. Mm. It, it's, you, mm. As a senior leader, you have to steward their gifts. You've been entrusted with it. And now as a senior leader, how do I maximize this gift that God has given to me through this person?
1: Yeah, that's very that's very good. Now, how much of your time would you say, as a as a leader, you spend on you know this development of other leaders and you know for new campuses and internship and all that stuff? How, how does that break up in your world?
2: Man, that's uh, you know that's uh, you know when I talk about you know eighty twenty percent, you know the eighty twenty principle and twenty percent, the twenty percent of my week in a calendar, uh, you know. 80% of what I do has to be surrounded by that. You know, when I look at uh, that's a very practical way. You know, our executive pastor, his name is Frank Hopkins, and you know, I remember going through this book, the 80/20 principle. And so, as a team, what we do is we take a look at our calendars, even just together, and evaluate it with each other. And we say, well, if we say that our 20%, my 20% is spending time developing worship leaders, then my calendar has to reflect that. So what I'll do is, you know, I'm making sure that I'm meeting with our current worship leaders, uh, that I'm recruiting uh, or that I am trying to develop new worship leaders in my account that'll be I wanna say 70 70 percent 80 percent of of my work week Wow,
1: that's amazing. That's that's fantastic. I, I don't want people to miss that. There, what you know, if I understand you correctly, what you're what you've identified, Carlos, is you know the the thing that creates the best leverage for you in your ministry is getting out, recruiting, training, you know, um, you know, developing leaders. And so what you've tried to do is get 80 percent of your time focused on that, right. um, and that alone, and just let the other stuff go away. You know, you need to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough because um, there's there's. Part of my twenty it, percent—it's kind of the lingo that we have here at CF. Yes. Part of my twenty percent. Part of what what gives the most impact is the weekend worship experience, and so I know that my calendar has to have that, like, or I have to lead a team that will spend most of their time in that, right? Crafting the weekend worship experience and leadership development. Right. I mean, if I don't do anything else, that's going to create the most amount of impact, and so you know, I I, I try to do everything I can to. Eliminate the sideways energy, and there's going to be things in ministry that I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm called to be a pastor, so right, I, yeah, I love counseling uh, folks, and there's things that are going to come up, and uh, but at the end of the day, when I'm structuring my perfect ideal work week, I'm spending 70% of the time developing leaders, or you know, and the rest of it, it's crafting the weekend worship experience or having a team do that uh, right. at, at our church, yeah.
1: Right, uh, so that's the time side of the equation. What about like finances? How, how do you, you know, how do how do you guys structure? You don't need to get into dollars and all that, but you know, how, how is it that you're kind of resourcing the ministry there?
2: That's uh, man, that's a really good question. you I know mean, we we've we've tried a lot of different things over the past seven years. Um, right now, we, depending on the campus, you know, most of our worship leaders are full time, right? Especially because we have a lot of different volunteers, right? So we don't pay our Musicians we have this culture of just people want to get plugged in and we want to equip them right and so The truth is you know, and I'm, I'm you know, I, I push this heavily I don't think on average There is a volunteer that serves more than the one who serves in a worship ministry mm. Think about this yeah. if you have two services Let's say that you're there to set up at 6 a.m. And then you're done at 11 or 12 and then you had a rehearsal during the week but when you come to rehearsal, I want you to come ready. So you have right. to practice at home. So at the end of the day, you spend ten hours preparing for the weekend worship experience. Right. And that requires a lot of care and management. And mm-hmm. so, as much as possible, I want the worship pastors, worship leaders, to be full time, mm-hmm. so that they have the opportunity to care for the volunteers, so that they don't feel used. You know, so so many artists and musicians, oftentimes, and you know, this is something I've, I've, I've you know done in the past unfortunately is the weekends coming hey dude I need you to play you know? right exactly well you need to spend that time caring for them and so uh, most of our campuses are full-time um, I think that there's a we allow our campus pastors as well some freedom as to who who they will make full-time you know perhaps right. as a campus pastor you know you have when uh, you have the stud Student pastor or children's director that you feel is going to add the most to your campus, and so okay, there's this amount of dollars, and here's here's what we're gonna do. Right. But most common, uh, the most common trend that we see is you know the worship the worship leader will be full time.
1: Cool. Um, what about do do what kind of training do you do for the so that's kind of at the leader level. What about for just um. You know the person who's playing for that drummer. What are you doing to support that person? Um, You know, kind of from a formal point of view.
2: Yeah, man. You uh, you uh, you touched a sore
1: uh, right there. (laughs) The the thorn in my side. No, Um,
2: you know, here I'll tell you a couple of things that we've tried and and what I'm working on right now. And so um, we've had different workshops. Obviously, being a multi-site church, there are some killer musicians that uh, have been able to to play here. And so what we'll do is. Uh, we'll set up different, you know, monthly workshops. Let's say on electric guitar, or you know, right now we just finished one on drums. We had one of our drummers, who was just this guy's a monster, um, set up a six-week uh, workshop with other drummers from along, along campuses. And so what we did is, we said, hey, you know what, we're going to pay you at the teach uh, for these six weeks. Uh, some of our volunteers do it for free. Uh, they just say, you know what, I just want to invest in other people, and I'm like, okay, awesome. Um, but it's not as systematic as we want it to be, right? You know, and so uh, right now, this is actually, you know, this has been a, a huge part of my focus: is what kind of a program do we come up with to just develop musicians? And the answer, at least that we found, just right now, this is like a conversation, Rich, and that we've had in the past two weeks, is, right. you know, what if we would have invested in our student ministry for the past five years, heavily musically? I'm like. Dude, that, that's a captive audience, you know, that, that we can right, 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 help right. disciple and develop, and I'm like, man, why, why didn't we do that, right. you know, and so we're trying to find a way, whether it's a music school or a program, uh, maybe it's a, just a one-day kind of coaching, to be able to do that for uh, for our students, and also just for the regular musicians, I don't I don't have an answer for you, I'm looking for one right <laughs> now, and so, uh, so yeah.
1: No, that sounds great. That sounds, uh, you know, even I like that idea of even like, you know, here's a drum workshop for a number of weeks, and even to get those guys, because one of the things I, I know from working in multi churches for so long, is when you get those band members together, particularly those those folks who just love to serve all the time, they never meet people from other campuses, and so Cetra. getting them all together in one place and saying, hey, you're all, you know, whatever lead guitar guys at our different campuses, having those guys talk to each other, it's just a great there's a, you know a great synergy that can happen there, and obviously yeah. that's that's the kind of foundation you use, you build upon that to be able to de- develop your church's unique sound, right, because yeah. they have to all kind of agree on, hey, how does this, how do we do what we do here? It's so uh, true. You know, for sure. What's well, there anything else you'd like to, you know, like to say to, to folks as we, you know, kind of come uh, near the end of this part?
2: Um, you know, I, I think the emphasis, uh, one of the one of the last things, I think, Rich, uh, that we're working on right now as a multi-site church is... Uh, we're trying to, uh, you said something really interesting about coming up with your own sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy uh, to uh, mimic and to imitate, you know, in right. uh, what's going on in, in the music industry, uh, especially from a Christian standpoint, you know, and but, but lately I've just been really uh, burdened with, you know, th- that's something that I leveraged in leading, you know, it's like I'm so glad Hillsong has these tutorials, you know. Right. But now really to to really get a different level of ownership and of development of artists, man, we we need to encourage and, and steward those. We have people in our churches that are incredibly gifted that sometimes we don't know about. So uh, so one of the things I, I would try to encourage leaders with here is to, to tap into that potential and to look into it. And it's messy at first. It's messy right now for us in that area. Right. Um, but we feel like uh, as we look at some successful ministries, uh, that has been something that they have invested in and that they've seen great fruit from. So that's that's where we are uh, today. We're, we're working towards that. We're definitely not there yet, but we'd love to see that happen.
0: This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All
1: right. Well, you've joined us for the lightning round, the point uh, in the program where we kind of jump through a series of similar questions with church leaders just to kind of hear what's going on uh, in their world. So Carlos, what's an online resource that you're using these days that you really find helpful?
2: Uh, one of the things that I use on my phone is, uh, is uh, an app called Zeit uh, okay. which uh, it's essentially uh, this uh, app that takes a, a ton of different articles and resources uh, on from the online world and it categorizes them so that I can pull up you know so that I can catch up on news and articles and, and so you can categorize them from leadership to theology to you know sports to whatever you want so it just all compressed there and it's just incredible.
1: Ah, that's very cool. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last you know, six months or so that you, that's shaping your ministry, it's kind of impacting you?
2: Yeah, um, it's actually the latest book I read, it's called The Heart uh, of Leadership by Mark Miller, mm-hmm. and it talks about leadership character really being the foundation of, uh, of leadership. It's just a really practical, uh, very small read book that uh, we really believe that is going to impact uh, our leadership development culture.
1: Nice. Um, what are some other ministries that are impacting you that you're kind of looking to and saying, like, hey, I want to learn from them?
2: Uh, Marsh Hill, uh, from a worship standpoint, I'm really interested in understanding how they um, – their worship ministry is, is based on bands. And they have all these different bands across the city and across the country. And I'm like, wow, that is so different. Right. Uh, and I want to you know, understand, them, and of course, Hill's song like we talked about earlier.
1: Yeah, and they, they have such funny names for their bands, right? They're all like, <laughs> you know, the song group or something like that, the, yeah. so, the song people, the singing people or something like that. And um, It's true. I, it's funny because I just ran into that this week. I was like, what is this? And you know, yeah. I was like, oh, it's very interesting. Um, all right, so if you could spend 15 minutes with any uh, leader alive today, uh, who would you spend that time with and why?
2: Oh, man. Yeah. Um... You know, I I, I, um, I would say, uh, you know, Pastor John Piper uh, would be that person. I I love his, you know, his writings have, you know, influenced my relationship with God. And I just want to be a man of God at the end of the day. And I feel like every time I hear from him or I see some of his writings, I'm like, man, this dude is, he's a friend of God. And I just want to meet with him and learn from him. And, uh, and so, yeah, I would, I would
1: love to meet with him. Ah, that's very cool. All right, so when you're, you know, when you're not busy developing all those leaders at all those different campuses, <laughs> and you're kicking back, uh, just having some fun. Uh, what is it you like to do uh, for fun?
2: Oh man, I love to uh, travel with my wife. Right now, we just uh, we adopted a, a little girl, and so oh, it's nice. really congratulations. Just, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And so really, it's just spending time uh, with my family. Uh, trying to get some sleep right now. Right? Cause she's eight weeks old.
1: Oh gosh! Oh my goodness! I can't believe you're sitting up with an eight-week-old. That's crazy.
2: <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, just hanging out with the family, man, and, and, and traveling, and I mean, I love doing a lot of different things. but right now, that's that's my focus.
1: Oh, that's very cool. The uh, was the adoption international or uh, you know na- or you know local national. Like it was
2: on? it was actually local, and it happened um, from one day to the next. Uh, really? Literally, I got a call on Friday, and we picked her up Saturday. Our, oh my
1: goodness. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> cool. It was crazy. Nice. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today, Carlos. It's really been great to get to know you a little bit better. If people wanted to get in touch with you or your, or your ministry, how would, they, how would they do that?
2: Uh, well, you can uh, you know, just go to our website, cfmiami.org, or uh, you can get in touch with me uh, on Twitter, uh, and Carlos Ouellette uh, is my, my handle. So
1: Cool. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for being on the show.
2: Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. So thankful to have Carlos on the show. As you go, two
1: quick things. First of all, um, I'm going to provide a link in the notes to Elevation Worship. Um, they provide a great a, no, a great number of resources to help worship leaders as they kind of introduce new songs. They provide free loops, chord charts, all that kind of stuff. It might be an interesting place for you to start if you're looking for how do I kind of replicate um, our, your worship experience. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Folks, this weekend, you've got an opportunity to serve the people that God's put in your path. Go in there uh, with a way, uh, with your heart open and, and try to find a way to serve and love and care for those people uh, that God puts puts in your path. And we'll see you next Thursday on the Unseminary Podcast.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area, with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter